Hello and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. It's April 6th and this is Off Chain, your weekly recap of the biggest stories in Web3. I'm Matthew House barbie and I'm here as always with Austin Knight. How you doing, Austin? Doing all right. Uh, feeling very bullish on Doge this morning. Oh, <laughs> aren't we always? I, or, yes. Like, Is it just too much that... I can't tell my grandchildren that, you know, all of this wealth was created by arbitrage on a shit dog coin. That's that's <laughs> all I want from my life. That's how I want people to remember me. And that's how I want to make a fortune. Um, so yeah, dodge to the moon. Well, and and ETH. ETH has just hit uh past nineteen hundred bucks for the first time since august of last year i believe um okay we've had a little bit of a pullback now because uh the imf with their downer news that apparently the global economy is <laughs> not gonna grow at all for years downer no i want to see <laughs> shit coins go up and everyone just be a bit more positive for a while that's what i think <laughs> oh goodness imf yeah. always bringing us the bad news <laughs> ah, just fud fud what is it that uh, cz would say four i believe number four ah uh, yes uh, <laughs> well we got we got a few different stories today we're going to of course talk about dogecoin how could we not um our favorite uh group of founders three arrows capital um we we really hope we really hope that they've landed on their feet and are just gearing up to launch something that's going to deliver a just real social good project. So we'll be talking about that very soon. Uh, we've got Yuga Labs, big partnership with Gucci, and uh, a whole host of, of quick headlines uh, that, that we can kind of dig into um, as, as a bit of a wrap up at the end. It's going to be a bit of a quick fire episode this week, so we're going to jump straight in. Dogecoin has pumped over 30% in a single day. That was earlier this week. After Elon, everyone's favorite CEO, changes the Twitter logo to, you guessed it, a Shiba Inu. Um, (laughs) What's happening? I don't know. Are we going to try and report on this story? I guess so. What I do know (laughs) is it is very, very random. Uh, so the long and short of this is, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I call this news. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it even gets into this category, but on desktop version of Twitter, if you hop in right now, you will see in the top left-hand corner, the Twitter logo is now Doge. Um, I, I gathered this was an April Fool's joke, albeit I think it was on April 3rd that this was rolled out, but you know, I'm not going to read too much into that. It still hasn't changed back. We don't really have any kind of explanation behind why the Twitter team have decided that they would change it to the Doge logo. Does this surprise me a whole lot? Not really. Uh, the the only somewhat inkling we have was last March, uh, prior to Elon acquiring um, Twitter in a deal that apparently nobody wanted. Uh, he was tweeting with one of the guys from Wall Street Bets who kind of told him buy twitter and then change the logo to doge and elon like responded at the time um saying that was i quote that would be sick 
with lots of K's <laughs> at the end. Um, I is Elon too old to be saying sick? I think he is. Uh, I think he is. <laughs> but that's the least of our worries in this one. So after changing the logo, Elon retweeted this thread from back in March uh, to let everyone know that he has in fact done that. So very strange situation. Not quite sure what this means. And I think even reading into it too much is probably uh, a fool's errand. What you can say, though, is, okay, everyone jumped in and caused Doge to, to pump in price. And it's worth noting, like, it's easy to kind of put Dogecoin as a bit of a joke and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I think the seventh largest crypto by market cap, kind of a bit of me inside dies uh, when, I, when I say that, when I try to explain to people that cryptocurrency is really legit and they're like, oh no, yeah, that, that one with like the dog that's on the <laughs> coin. It's like one of the biggest ones, right? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think there's like two reasons basically why this is pumped. I think option A is that people either like they believe this means Dogecoin will be integrated into Twitter, which Elon has uh, kind of alluded to at some point. So they've aped into Dogecoin to say, okay, this is going to be huge for 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 Doge, and it's going to be used, and will have real utility. Or B. People know that others will think that option A will uh, will will come true when in reality it definitely won't. So they're going to buy up a ton of Dogecoin to then dump on those people. I think I'm going to go for option B here, Austin. Uh, I'm not sure, <laughs> not not sure what uh, what you think, but this this is the beauty of cryptocurrency. It's why we all got into this space so that we could watch innocent bystanders get dumped on by whales, and I think. That's largely what's at play here. But, you know, <laughs> thanks, Elon, for, for at least giving us a chance to discuss this. What do you make of this Twitter kind of logo change? Oh, well, I mean, I guess that, uh, you know, Elon has done a really good job of keeping Twitter in the spotlight and in the news cycle Um I mean, the, the <laughs> that is an, that is probably the most flattering description that you, a framing <laughs> that you could possibly put, and I can't disagree with you. <laughs> he has done an yeah. excellent job of keeping them in the yeah. headlines. <laughs> yeah, and I I think that every time that you know that happens, that regardless of whether it's positive or negative or it's a hype cycle, um, it's a positive thing. It's a net positive for Twitter, right? Um, yeah. You, you saw that they just recently released the algorithm. Uh, there, you know, there are all of the, uh, which I did think was very interesting. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. and I and I kind of commend them for for doing that. Actually, yeah, yeah. There, there's some interesting stuff. Um, they also, you know, made a lot of waves in the design community with their <laughs> the metadata uh, the three times stacked on a single tweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, <clears throat> Interest, some interesting UI changes have been made. That's the point that I'm trying to make, Matt. And I think that, uh, you know, some of them serve a hype cycle and a hype cycle is good for Twitter. And that to me feels like what this is. But of course, you know, Elon also does love Doge. I mean, every every time that he has the opportunity to mention it, it pumps. 
Um, I remember when the the whole FTX thing was going down, he popped into a Twitter spaces and he was like, Doge to the moon. That was yeah. his feedback on the FTX situation. And then like Doge <laughs> pumped. What was like, when, yeah. remember when he went on um, Saturday Night Live and it was just insane. Mm-hmm. I think Doge yeah. like, nearly doubled. It was like outrageous. Uh, he really doesn't care at all about getting destroyed by the SEC, does he? Because <laughs> it, it, it's just so obvious that, like, he, he he would know that this would definitely pump Doge price, right? This is, like, the most obvious thing ever. If I was a Twitter employee and I caught wind of this, the thing I'd be thinking about is, can I get away with buying Dogecoin right now? Or uh, will people know that I know about this thing happening and then I'm absolutely going to get done for insider trading, right? Because it's like unquestionable that this would influence Doge price. Right. The fact that he holds this like token, it doesn't even need to be in size. I actually don't think he has like this massive position and he, nor does he even care about making money from it. Right. But man, it's just, the man loves drama. And he loves getting himself <laughs> in hot water, doesn't he? Uh, so. I mean, I kind of love the fact that like one day you just load up Twitter and it's a Doge logo. It, Especially it because like there's so many, to us, you know, we immediately get the reference. But think about how large Twitter's user base is and how many yeah. people like don't even understand what that is. Um, it's just an absurd thing to do. And I, I think about like how difficult it would be to accomplish something like that in any other corporate structure. It's so obvious that this had to be just a, a ridiculous top-down directive, like change oh. the logo to a doge, don't question yeah, you, it. You know, I, I can just imagine as someone who uh, yourself leads large yeah. design teams, can you imagine like if you came into like one of your one of your like team meetings at Block and Jack was like to you, okay, we're going to change the block logo everywhere to a doge. You would be like, okay, great. I am going to walk out of this room quite <laughs> fast now and cry. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I, I mean, imagine, you know, like the amount of time and effort that would be put into, but well, like, what about this usability study? And, uh, you know, this isn't exactly accessible. And then it's like, it just turns into a doge. Uh, on the one hand, I think that if Jack did come to me with something like that, I'd be like, this is so absurd. I'm like totally on board. Like yeah, yeah. what? I just want to see what happens as a result of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll we'll see how it all plays out. I'm interested to see like, the longer this goes on, the more it gets me thinking, is this just more of a stupid prank? And like, because if they did it for a day, I'd be like, oh, okay. But like, are they actually going to do something with this? I'm I'm not sure, and I think that's where I've been waiting for this big sell off in Doge um, after this big pump, and it's not kind of coming yet. Uh, so so we'll we'll see. All I will say is the day that that logo drops and nothing happens, there's going to be the mother of all dumps that that happens on it. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, you're holding a big bag there. Not financial advice, but probably wouldn't want to be holding on to it to uh, for for too long. So. Anyway, let's jump out from Doge into uh, into one of our favorite topics that we haven't had the chance to dig into a while uh, with the wonderful, the stellar team over at <laughs> Three Arrows Capital. Let's find out what they're doing next. 
the founders of Three Arrows Capital, you know, that failed hedge fund that went down. Gosh, it was probably over a year now uh, yeah. ago that that happened. Uh, took down a huge portion of the market with it. Well, those disgraced founders of Three Arrows Capital have decided to open a crypto exchange after their first efforts went bankrupt. Uh, that Excellent. is Suzu and Kyle Davies, uh, two very big names that, that we have discussed on the podcast multiple times. Um, from, from their $52 million super yacht, <laughs> that never got delivered. Uh, I, I'm kidding, obviously. But they did have a, a yacht on order. Um, they have opened a new... This part is real. They have opened a new crypto exchange called OpenX. O-P-N-X. They announced this on Tuesday. And they also announced another thing, which is that they have a native token. Surprise! Oh, yes. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Can I uh, yeah. can I lock that up as collateral and borrow against it to buy more flex? <laughs> to then lock that up as collateral and borrow against it. That would yes. be great. <laughs> oh, God, yes, these guys. Uh, so here you go. Um, this native token, yeah, it's called Flex. Uh, they're doing a giveaway, um, and they said in their announcement, "quote Many of you may know that Flex will power OpenX as the native ecosystem token." As a token of our appreciation, we have included eligible waitlisted users in our FlexCoin giveaway. For example, no action is needed from your side. Uh, so yeah, interesting. Um, this is uh, Flex does appear to currently have a market cap of two hundred fifty-six million dollars, according to Coin Market Cap. But well, it's a pretty great. yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, are already, uh, I guess, a good amount of money at least represented to be tied up there. But it's a pretty thinly traded with just $796,000 in 24-hour trading volume. Hmm. So, um, yeah, interesting risk asset, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, Look, um, you know, if you're not familiar with Suzu and Kyle Davies, um, the job that they did with Three Arrows Capital was um, one of the very initial dominoes to be pushed in this huge ecosystem, you know, systemic wide collapse um, that we've experienced in the space. And there has been very little, if not zero, um, effort to do any sort of self-reflection or take accountability um, for, you know, the decisions that were made on their part that led to that. And in fact, you know, I would say quite the opposite has happened, which is that they said that they were victims in all of this. Um, So uh, for whatever that's worth, you know, I I think that it would, um, that sort of background would it, with that background it would behoove you to approach things like openx and flex with a good bit of skepticism yeah so what actually is it it's is it just an exchange i think i'm just looking at it right yeah. now oh yeah it's just like a okay just spot and futures uh, yep yep so it's an exchange um the it's interesting uh it's a bit of background on how they have structured openx it turns out actually suzu and kyle davies teamed up with mark lamb who was the mm. ceo of coinflex yeah um to launch openx and they did that through a restructuring and a rebranding of coinflex 
Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that um, is very strange and complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And here's a kicker. Uh, they intend to support trading in bankruptcy claims tied to failed exchanges like FTX. So I, I heard about this where they were all, like, you can use your bankruptcy claim as like a collateral or something like mm-hmm. that. I, I, I hadn't dug into it too much. Yeah, yeah, that definitely won't go badly, will it? Yeah, I wonder if you can use claims against Three Arrows Capital. <laughs> oh yeah, ten x leverage uh, on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's another one. Uh, Leslie Lamb, who is Mark Lamb's wife, is the CEO of OpenX, and uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then they also managed to raise about twenty five million dollars in funding. Uh, for this. So, I mean, Matt, this is something that I, I think you and I have just consistently been surprised by that, uh, you know, sort of disgraced founders and operators in the space can still manage even after huge collapses, huge losses of, of capital through, um, you know, irresponsible behavior at best, I would say. Uh, they're yeah. still able to raise huge amounts of capital, um, which I, I think is probably, uh, you know, a bit of uh, a commentary or an indictment on the space itself, right? Uh, that capital, if you were to take a cynical view, could potentially be thinking, hey, we know that this is going to be a scam or it's going to screw people out of money. But if we get in early and we get out early, we'll, you know, we'll have a positive return. Um, yeah. That's a very cynical view. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here, but what I am saying is that I'll, it's go, out, surprising I'll go out on a limb, Austin. I'll go out on a limb and I'll say that's exactly what's going to happen here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I'm sorry, but if, like, fool me once, you know, shame on me. But uh, anyone that's getting involved in this project with no, quite literally known scammers, mm-hmm. like, you are, you are playing with fire here i'm actually just even looking at like it's it's like an order book decks it looks like there's like no volume just looking at maybe i'm reading this wrong but on like the spot trade for btc against usdt there was like is that right 30 bucks of volume in the past 24 hours is what anything i did it's not like, see this <laughs> yeah, i'm just looking through it now I'm looking through the order books i'm like there's nothing going on here uh wow Unless it's like a UI bug, but I don't know. Maybe it looks like that actually. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, this is just. Ugh, I I just really hope that people don't succumb to like Stockholm syndrome here, and just all of a sudden like their it, the ills of their past are forgotten, and now they can move on. From the looks of things on Twitter, that doesn't feel like it's uh, yeah. it's playing out. Yeah, and you know maybe one positive. Uh, guardrail that is in place here is that OpenX won't be available in a lot of regions, including the US, Canada, and several African countries. Um, okay. <clears throat> looks like it's available to you though, Matt. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I am just yeah. uh, just I'm just loading up on some uh, some futures contracts. Just uh, just you wait. <laughs> Can't wait. To now here, I I have an amazing bonus for you, an add on to this story that I was cracking up about this morning. Um, which is that Mark Lamb, so that is the, the he was the CEO of CoinFlex, Coinflex which now yeah, has yeah. been restructured into OpenX. Um, he has offered Roger Ver 
two oh. years of free trading on OpenX should Ver settle his $84 million debt that <laughs> Lamb claimed his Is he trying to get this debt for quite Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, he wants to give Roger Ver two years of free trading on OpenX where there's no trading activity happening. Yeah. So uh, maybe Roger can get margin called uh, on uh, OpenX again. Uh, what is going on? It's just such a... This is such a weird space, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. the strangest of of spots. Why would Vo- Roger take that? Why would he? Why would he do that? Oh, when literally, he's... there's like no reason why he would. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah. completely absurd. Yeah, hit me out, Roger. Give me eighty four million dollars uh, that uh, I believe you owe me in in debt, and uh, we'll give you two years of uh, no trading fees on OpenX. <laughs> how much volume is he going to be doing on OpenX for for that to pay off i, I yeah. have no idea um but yeah now, this is really strange just in case you're not familiar with the sort of feud between mark lamb and roger ver this 84 million dollar debt uh it, it's pretty dubious uh, uh, uh <laughs> Uh, it's a pretty dubious debt and it's uh, likely that it's not actually a real debt that's owed. So that's why this is such an absurd thing um, to offer two years of free trading volume on open X in exchange for repaying an $84 million debt um, that, you know, may not be a legitimate claim. Um, And this debt is related to what Mark Lamb alleges is an outstanding loan from CoinFlex. The funny thing about this is that it was first, claimed as a debt in June of last year, but the number was $47 million. <laughs> that number has since risen to $84 million. I don't really know where it's coming from, but the the quote from Mark Lamb was that, quote, this first estimate of $47 million, which we communicated, did not include the significant loss in liquidating his, this is Roger Verse, significant flex coin positions. <clears throat> so <laughs> basically he was pissed that he liquidated a bunch of flex coin and you know hurt the market and everything like that oh, um and well, what's actually, so funny if, about if that anyone wants by the way if anyone wants a uh, a recap of that whole kind of like coin flex debacle we actually covered this on the podcast i just i did a little bit of uh searching back to when it was the 6th of july 22 um we we covered this in one of our off-chain roundups we so if anyone needs some additional context if this didn't whet the appetite enough uh you know there <laughs> there we go yeah um you know he also is alleging that peter smith the ceo and founder of blockchain.com owes him uh in this case mark lamb three million dollars uh and the response from both roger ver and peter smith who by the way was not offered any free trading volume on OpenX. What the hell? <laughs> oh, poor Peter. What's he going to do? He got the short end of the stick there. <laughs> yeah, um, so the response from both of them was, quote, completely meritless and a work of fiction, uh, which I think is the general sort of consensus amongst the community. But yeah, uh, OpenX, Suzu, Kyle Davies, Mark Lamb, what an interesting trio. Uh, let's see how that goes. <laughs> Dream team. Dream team. All right. Let's uh let's move on to the next story of the day. Yuga Labs have done it again. Uh they've partnered with Gucci this time to sell 3,333 
other side, that's their metaverse, branded silver pendants. Uh, they'll be known as the Coda pendants. Um, and now that I read that out loud, codependence, I've just realized. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, God. How did I not realize this uh, before? I guess. Uh, sorry, sorry, everyone that's listening to me ramble a moment. I've just had like a, a, a brief realization uh, that isn't even that noteworthy. Um, but so the, the these pendants, they literally go on sale today, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time for 458 tokens. That's, depending on where the market sits for that, around about $2,000. They're on a first-come, first-served basis, but you only can purchase the the actual physical pendants um, if you own one of the other side, Coda or Vessel NFTs. That's uh, the Yuga Labs um, metaverse that is uh, the other side. So then you have like the Codas, which are like the little alien creature things and then the vessels which i believe are like the the land uh, plots that um that you can purchase so they come with this like these these silver pendants you get and they also have like a digital counterpart which adds some additional like metadata to your other side nft and some cosmetic attributes and new utility within the other side metaverse. They're still in like the testing phase of that uh, other side metaverse. So that will kind of probably come in the coming like six, 12 months, something like that. But what I thought was interesting here is, you know, this is the second major like jewelry partnership that Yuga has pulled off in, in the past couple of years. The first one being the partnership with Tiffany, which we kind of covered at the time, uh, where they partnered with CryptoPunks, which obviously Yuga owns now. Um, that generated $12 million in revenue. Each of those pendants were sold for $50,000 each. So, you know, it's pretty impressive. And I think this partnership with Gucci, uh, slightly smaller, it will no doubt sell out, is set to generate them about $6.5 million um from from a single drop it's pretty nice uh so yeah they continue throughout bull and bear and whatever the hell you can call what we're in right now to strike (laughs) up these partnerships and they're clearly building uh, a, a real focus around the other side metaverse i know that they've just had their new ceo come in i think was or is it cmo uh either ceo or cmo i can't remember i think it's ceo um that came over from activision blizzard um so i'm sure things are kind of uh really getting in motion on that side but it's cool to see um i don't love the look of this stuff but then i don't think i'm exactly the target market for this but i think that most people that own one of these will will want uh to 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 get their associated pendant yeah, what what do you like? What do you think of this whole thing? I mean, is this uh, is that basically the audience? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I was chatting, uh, I was chatting to my wife about this earlier today. Um, Gu- the fact that Gucci had uh, been involved in the conversation was probably the only way that she would allow me to discuss <laughs> NFTs. Uh, so, um, but yeah, she was like, <laughs> I think her first comment was. 
you're not buying one of these, Matt, are you? And <laughs> I was like, no, don't worry. Uh, but my kind of take on this actually is if with the CryptoPunk and Tiffany drop, at that time, uh, I didn't own a CryptoPunk. If I had owned a CryptoPunk, I probably would have purchased the $50,000 um, Tiffany pendant, not for anything to do with the fact that I would love a pendant uh, or that I think that they look great or anything like that. Um, I think that they were in a price range where they get into a collector status that you could see either holding their value or having some level of like price appreciation, assuming that the Yuga brand continues to grow strong. I think when you look at this and you get into like the Gucci territory, which yeah, like we all look at Gucci as like a luxury brand, but they're not in the high end of luxury on their jewelry side of things. You kind of look at it and you're like, okay, about $2,000. That's kind of where you would say is still in the borders of like high street jewelry it's probably not going to be something that retains and holds value as a collector's right. item, in my opinion. Um, so I'd, I, yeah, I'd kind of personally, and this would be the thing where if you really love Yuga and you love like the other side, this is one of those things that you buy where you say, I just want it because I want this as like a collectible, like a, a moment in time that is, is kind of cool and fun. Um, and at the end of the day, if you've purchased and hold a few Yuga-related NFTs, you can afford that. So, yeah, that's kind of like my take in a nutshell. And that's why I was kind of like chatting through my wife. I, I think that's kind of the thesis on this one. I don't think this is an yeah. investment play. Yeah, I think the investment angle with the Tiffany pendant is really interesting. Um, I this This particular piece from Gucci, first off, I think it's awesome that this partnership is happening. I I don't want to be overly negative, but I will say like, it's pretty ugly. It looks like something that you would get out of uh, like a gumball machine or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I looked at it and the first thing I thought was like, um, you know, like Pandora, like the, mm -hmm. that thing, which like, it's fine if you like Pandora or whatever, but Pandora is not high-end luxury, right? Like, so when it kind of looked a bit like that, I was like, oh, this doesn't look like luxury like the the tiffany cryptopunk pendants were revoltingly ugly but they were like you know (laughs) it's tiffany they were studded with diamonds and like it is what it is and that's kind of what it should have been to be honest but this i think and also more importantly with the tiffany cryptopunks the pendant actually was the image of your cryptopunk all of these Gucci pendants are just generic. So there's no, it, yeah, it's like quote unquote linked to your personal NFT, but you know, like it's, it's generic. They're all just a generic silver pendant. The thing I was thinking around with, in particular, the CryptoPunks, I think if someone purchases your CryptoPunk from you and you also have the Tiffany pendant, I think they want that. Assuming they're they're buying the punk because they actually want to hold the punk versus just flipping it, they probably also want the associated pendant. I think you've got leverage there where it's like this is a one of one digital and physical collectible. 
you can probably get something there where you get additional upside. I don't see that with 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 this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, still cool to see the partnership, regardless. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they sell. I I think you're on to the point about them selling out. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a big enough audience, right? And the price point is like, yeah. I I think you know for for people that are holding, uh, you know, uh, holding ape coins, um, <clears throat> and have seen some appreciation, probably the price point wouldn't matter much to them. They're, they're probably going to think, oh, I'll just take some of that and transfer it into this so yes. there you go and, and, and look this is the this is the play for yuga is we it, i actually think i'll be really quick on this but i, I think this it's a genius model that yuga have because they do these partnerships right and it's like we're adding huge value to our existing customers and it's like but they're paying for the pleasure of it <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. this isn't just like a giveaway like yuga uh, since their inception have continuously given free money to to their holders right if you earned a board ape from the beginning you got mutant apes that you got for free that you could then flip for yeah where are they now probably somewhere in the 15 20 eth range you had boy kennel club like a whole host of other stuff right and now there's like this additional piece where you can purchase um these items but exclusively only for those that are existing holders of the nfts in yuga's ecosystem but what they've done which is very clever is they're pricing this and you can only purchase it using apecoin so this is going to create yeah around six and a half million usd of buy pressure on apecoin assuming like people are buying it fresh okay it's not going to quite do that much because people already hold apecoin but it's giving additional utility it's creating a need for it and will likely pump the price up even if it's short term so it's uh i think it's 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 a cool play um it's it's a great way of getting and onboarding more people into the ape wider ecosystem as well so yeah very smart i mean they're clearly a very smart team All right, let's jump in for a few last minutes of quick headlines. Doquan, one of our favorite characters, has been arrested in Montenegro. You may have seen this making the headlines last week. Uh, And yeah, awaiting extradition to either the US or Korea. This has been a a long time coming. Um, Doquan is obviously, you know, a big character in the space. Uh, very controversial and um, someone that I know both <laughs> American and Korean authorities are uh, jumping at the opportunity to prosecute. So perhaps oh, yeah. some this I think they're keeping him there for 30 days or something like that in Montenegro. Uh, and then after that, it's, it's kind of like fresh out of luck. It's probably now two weeks. He's probably got left of that. It's going to be interesting to see. That is going to be... Oh man, I, I I would love to see Doquan in a court. I I can't wait for it. I am so <laughs> here for it. It's going to be excellent. Ah oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, in other news, NFT sales for the month of March nearly hit two billion dollars in Ooh. volume, um, which actually is just slightly down from February. You'll you'll recall it spiked in February. Um, and then uh, now in March, we we went down just a little bit to $2 billion. That's still huge volume. But the interesting aspect of this is that 69% of that volume was on Blur. 
Yeah. So I, I yeah, mean, I've been following these numbers, and they are just destroying uh, OpenSea um, petition mm-hmm. right now. Which is interesting because one thing we haven't talked about is that we should probably cover maybe next week as we see how this plays out. OpenSea have just launched OpenSea Pro, which is, and they've done like a big revamp of Gem, their NFT aggregator. And I'm just thinking now, I'm chatting off the top of my head, but I wonder if the revamp of Gem is actually OpenSea Pro. Maybe it is. Either way. OpenSea are doing stuff is the TLDR of my <laughs> update and contribution, uh, clearly to to kind of scramble to to regain some of this market share that Blair are eating up right now. Yeah. Yes, the great NFT marketplace war wages on. In other news, uh, somebody else is doing a lot of stuff, doing a lot of court stuff. SBF oh, yeah. has been charged. Oh, I love that with- guy. yeah how about this uh he's been charged with bribing chinese government officials this actually are you you, you telling me you've never bribed a chinese government official come on this is this is fun Oh, yeah. So, you know, this was really interesting. Uh, It it made its way into the mainstream media. Um, Mm. I had some family visiting over the weekend and they brought it up with me Uh, like, hey, you know, your boy SBF uh, bribing Chinese officials. That's nice. Get the family on the podcast. What are we doing? We got got free research assistance, it sounds like now, Austin. That's all I'm hearing. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is interesting. Um, it's being alleged by the prosecution team that SBF bribed roughly $40 million in crypto to, quote, one or more Chinese government officials in order to influence them to unfreeze accounts owned by FTX's sister trading firm, Alameda Research. Oh, great company. <laughs> and great company. Yeah. And so there, there were over a billion dollars in assets that he was looking to unfreeze. Now, here's the thing, Matt. It worked. <laughs> it did. Just goes to show, if at first you can't succeed, bribe a government official. I think that's the <laughs> takeaway here. Um, that man is going to do his entire stretch of life in prison, isn't he? I, I just... He is... I feel like this just every week is more more and more bad news. At this yeah. point, he's probably just hoping for the longest trial ever because it's the closest thing he's going to get to being out in like fresh air um, for, for the rest <laughs> of his life. It, it, it's just I just don't see a way out here. Um, but yeah. you know, he's he's really. I just love bad. the layers of absurdity. You know, the the yeah. fact that he's directing for a forty million dollar bribe to Chinese government officials so that they can unfreeze a billion dollars. <laughs> from Alameda research. And then they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Let's yeah. do that. And then, and then here's the, the kicker. This brings him up to a total of 13 criminal charges that he's facing. So I think you're making a safe prediction there. Um, unless there is some amazing corruption that swoops in to save SBF, he really should be looking at spending the remainder of his days in uh prison so that really we will be see the mother of all plot twists wouldn't it <laughs> oh my uh, gosh yeah it's gonna be a blockbuster trial it really is yeah um yeah and no doubt we'll be very quickly very fed up of saying that three-letter acronym sbf uh as, as that <laughs> thing kicks off yeah 
the blockbuster trial followed by the blockbuster Netflix series, <laughs> something oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> and like every variation of it where it's like, oh, yeah. have you seen the uh, FTX documentary? And people are like, which one? Is it the one that was on Prime? Uh, Netflix? <laughs> uh, and you just like, it's kind of like what was happened. Was it on like, Peacock? No, <laughs> Peacock. Oh yeah, they did their own spinoff one. Uh, the BBC <laughs> will do one in like five years time when they get their act together as well. It'd be great. And relive it all. Anyway. All right, one last thing to quickly cover here. Uh, you've probably heard the president of El Salvador, Naib Bukele, has been making some serious waves. Interesting figure. If you're not familiar with him, um, he's he has you know a lot of takes on on crypto and really economics in general uh, that are interesting to take a look at. He has introduced a bill to eliminate all taxes on income, property, and capital gains for technology innovations. Um, what does Can he I mean by taxes? Can I be classed as a technology innovation? Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, how wonderful would that be? <laughs> um, hey, you know, uh, maybe someday, Matt, if you microchip yourself. Um, well, there that we go. Make you, chat chat yeah. GPT me. Get, me. get me in there. <laughs> Um, so what does he mean by taxes? Taxes include income, property, capital gains, and import tariffs. And what does he mean by technology? It includes software programming, coding, apps, and AI development, as well as computing and communications hardware manufacturing. So this is eliminating an entire class of taxes in El Salvador. Obviously, a push to attract uh, technology, innovation, uh, entrepreneurs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I was I was visiting El Salvador probably at this point it was maybe like five years ago so it was you know way before Naib Bukele's time and uh, it was dangerous I I felt like very unsafe when I was there it was the murder capital of the world MS13 is you know obviously an infamous uh, criminal organization based out of El Salvador uh, separately yeah Naib Bukele has actually recently. Yeah, I, I hear that they they've recently pivoted into a technology innovation company, uh, though. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're rebranding. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Um, so anyway, Matt, this brings this brings the the sort of perennial question that we have here on the podcast, which is: Is this the new Portugal? Is uh, El Salvador the new Portugal? Austin, we will find out. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Let me tell you that. Um, we were actually, uh, wife and I were figuring out where, where are we going to go for like summer vacation? Portugal came up and I thought I better, I better call up my buddy Austin and get the lowdown on what's going on in, in Portugal. Turns out, who knows? We're going to be going to the, the murder capital of the world now, El Salvador. That's where, <laughs> well, that's where we got all our information. Yeah, but hey, you know, the, the to that point, uh, that's not the case anymore, actually. Like, they're they're turning a lot of that around. It's a really interesting, like, all joking aside, El mm. Salvador is a really interesting place to be paying attention to right now. Um, I, I think that they, they are, they're going to be shedding their reputation, which is a beautiful yeah. thing to see. It's beautiful to see a country on the upswing, you know, embracing innovation, embracing technology through whatever means they have, especially, you know, when it's... Uh, happening to a population that for decades was being um, really, you know, quite frankly, oppressed by organized yeah. crime within their, their own borders. Um, and that's starting to come to an end for them, which is, I, you know, it makes me happy. It is a beautiful country. Um, and uh, yeah, pay attention to, to what's going on there. 
tax haven, sure, that that is you know an interesting component that ties it back to to, to being potentially the new Portugal, but much more uh, happening there as well. So yeah, wild times. Keep an eye on it. Yep, we're gonna uh, we'll have more El Salvador related updates. Uh, sorry, Portugal, um, we, we still <laughs> love you. We still do love you. All right, Austin. Uh, another great week of updates and I will see you next week for what I'm sure will be an incredibly uneventful week in the weird world of crypto. The contents of the Decrypting Crypto podcast should not be used and are not intended as investment advice. Please do your own due diligence before making any investment, cryptocurrency or otherwise.